This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Are you searching for a new job? That can be stressful, scary, and time-consuming. Pushy recruiters try to sell you on roles you don't actually want, and the job boards make you feel like you're throwing your resume into a black hole never to be seen again. And sometimes you go all the way through the interview process just to find out at the very end that the salary, offer, or company culture doesn't match what you're looking for. Hired is the world's most intelligent talent matching platform for full-time and contract opportunities in engineering development, design, product management, data science, sales, and marketing. We make your job search faster, focused, and stress-free. Instead of endlessly applying to companies and hoping for the best, Hired puts you in control of when and how you connect with compelling new opportunities. After completing one simple application, top employers apply to hire you. And on Hired, you receive personal interview requests and upfront salary information so you can make informed decisions about what opportunities to pursue over a condensed timeline. Hired offers access to more than 4,000 innovative employers, including big brand names like Facebook and smaller emerging startups. The size and type of company you want to connect with is totally up to you. And we help you find new opportunities in 17 major cities in North America, Europe, Asia, and Australia. Open to relocation? Let them know. Your privacy and autonomy in your job search is of utmost importance. So if you check them out at the show's link, that's hired.com slash freelancer show, you can get double their normal hiring bonus. That's $600 instead of $300. So go check them out at hired.com slash freelancer show. Hello there, and welcome to episode number 257 of The Freelancer Show. This week on our panel, we have me, Reuven Lerner, and just me. That's right. It's one of those solo editions of the Freelancer Show that we do, well, because no one else could show up. In any event, this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about a product launch. I am recording this on a Wednesday night. We usually record on Tuesdays, but I'm recording this, don't tell anyone, on a Wednesday night, less than 24 hours, probably about 12 hours before my newest product launch. And I thought it would be interesting and fun to take you through my history with products, what I did this time around in terms of choosing a product, beefing up my marketing, getting ready to launch, and getting the launch sequence in place. And hopefully, 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 have a really successful launch uh, in the next few days. So first of all, just to give you some background, I have been trying to sell things online for a few years, and I've had medium success with that. The first thing I tried to sell online actually was a course, and that went over like a lead balloon. And I remember at the time, this was probably about three, four years ago, I was in touch with Brendan Dunn and I asked him what I could do to improve my chances of having people sign up for my online course. And by an online course, I mean a live, you know, via WebEx or some similar thing, people paying me money, hundreds of dollars to participate in one of my Python courses. But instead of having to fly somewhere, either me fly there or them fly there, I did it online. And Brennan was very charitable. And he said, well, it's going to be a really tough sell for you to sell to people who haven't really bought anything from you before. And this is where I was introduced to the idea of a product ladder, where you have small products and then bigger products and bigger products. And Brennan and other people have often said that the people who bought the cheap, small products, then those who were happy with those cheap, small products, moved up to buy bigger, more expensive products. So Brennan's point to me was basically, you're not going to go from getting zero from people to $1,000 or $2,000 from people. That's just really unlikely. Instead, what you need to do is build things up. So I decided to write an ebook, And I wrote an ebook called Practice Makes Python. And, and that came actually from speaking with students of mine who kept asking me, what can I do after the course to increase my Python skills and improve them so that I'll be more fluent in programming for my actual work? 
And I didn't have a good answer for them, but I did see this as a business opportunity. So I wrote my ebook and I self-published it and I've sold a fair number of copies. I've gotten a few thousand dollars from it. Not, you know, an overwhelming amount, but not bad either. And I've done media marketing for it. I probably could do much more marketing for it as well. And this inspired me. And I should say, like, I have three tiers. I do the whole thing. I don't want to get into that too much here. That inspired me to write another book. And what was another course that I was teaching at the time that seemed to be in great demand that people were having a lot of pain points with? Because that's what you want to do, right? You want to find something that people are having pain with. So I wrote a book on regular expressions called, very uh, uncreatively, Practice Makes Regexp, making it both most loathed and most unpronounceable book title ever produced. And how do I know that it's loathed? Because I'm actually running, and I'll talk more about this in a little bit, I'm actually running a Facebook campaign, not for the book itself, but for regular expressions. And if you thought people hated regular expressions, you have no idea how much people really hate regular expressions. Re people really, really despise these things, run away from them. They will do almost anything they can not to use regular expressions. And so offering them a book that gives them a chance to practice regular expressions is like saying, here, have this jar of poison and then take it one day at a time. Uh, <laughs> and people are no more likely to do that than to drink the entire bottle, or so we could hope. So that book has sold pretty miserably, truth be told. The people who have bought it are very happy with it. But the book itself has sold pretty miserably. I also um, did a, another small ebook, and this was more a labor of love, but I've tried to sell a few copies, and I've sold, I guess, a few dozen copies overall, and that's the Jewish Guide to Visiting China. Uh, that's just because I visit China a lot, I'm Jewish, I keep kosher, keep the Sabbath, and so I thought it would be interesting and useful for people to know what to do and how to do when they visit China, along with a whole lot of other uh, travel tips for there. That I'm probably going to expand on in the coming weeks, actually, but Again, it's more of a labor of love because I see that the number of people who would be interested in buying it is relatively small. So what did I learn from all these launches? I learned, first of all, that you want to have a good, as they say, product market fit. It's very nice to say, I think this book would be really interesting. What you need to do is find out, are there people out there who would find your product to be interesting? And more importantly, are there people out there who would find the product to be interesting enough that they want to pay money for it? And so you really want to do some good market research. Amy Hoy talks about this as a uh, was it sales safari, where you go online and you sort of poke around and see what are people talking about? What are they constantly mentioning? And she obviously goes into much more depth on this. But the idea is you want to really get a good lay of the land. What are people suffering from and suffering with that you can come and solve their problems? And so I would say I had a number of problems with my launch. One was, first of all, like the value prospect for a lot of these things was not super, super high. But also, who was I marketing it to? Well, I tried marketing it to my email list, but my email list at the time was a few hundred people at the most. And so you know, already that's kind of going to be a hard sell because you're never going to get more than, say, 10% of the people on your list to buy anything. So if you have, let's say, I think at that point I had 300 people on my list, so 10% would have been 30 sales. I guess I got about that. I guess by the, that measure, it was a pretty successful launch. But also, my list wasn't really that heavily targeted. It was just, hey, do you want to learn more about programming from me? Um, and so I realized that if I was going to do launch more products, I was going to have to be much more serious about my list. I was going to have to think about it, change what I did, and change what I do. And I did it in a few different ways. First of all, I decided to, instead of just every so often sending something, oh, and by the way, do not make the mistake that I made, which was every time I'd send to my list, I'd say, oh, I'm so sorry. It's been so long since I read, wrote to the list. I mean, it seemed very natural at the time, but oh my God, no one wants to hear that. No one wants to know that. Write to the list. Pretend you're excited and happy and hope that they'll be excited and happy to hear from you. And if you write to them and say, oh, I'm so sorry it's been so long. Really? This, 
they haven't heard from you in months. Now, now you're the first thing you do is apologize. Don't do that. Second thing is, though, you do want to write on a regular schedule, and everyone talks about this. Now, of course, Philip and Jonathan are like the, the like ninja warriors of this, where they're writing to their lists every day. I don't know how they do it, but they do. It's very impressive and good reading. Um, but I decided I was going to write a weekly weekly update to my list. And I also gave the list a semi-snazzy name. I called it Let's Become Better Developers. And the idea was, on your site, on your website, if you say, join my mailing list, the answer will be no, <laughs> or the answer will be why. People are only going to join their mailing list if they see value. So instead of saying join my list, I said, let's become better developers. Let's all learn together. I'm going to learn stuff and I'm going to try to share it with you. And hopefully you'll learn from me. And then you can tell me about it and we'll have a nice conversation. So I started writing weekly to my list and I decided to target mostly about Python. I mostly teach Python. I'm interested in Python. There are a ton of Python programmers out there who want to know the language better. And so over time, it's basically become Python plus a few other things. I've written about uh, GUIs, uh, you know, sort of GUI versus web. I've written about what you need to do to become a successful software engineer. I've written about a bunch of topics, but I would say a good 75, 80% of the content is Python related. And that's on purpose. I want people who are not interested in Python to leave my list. I mean, not like leave and slam the door, but leave the list mostly. Okay, so I've, I'm writing every week to my list. I'm writing on specific topics, um, and I'm telling people on my blog, if they come there, hey, you should join my list because I'm learning all these things and I want to share them with you. That is a little more compelling. And by the way, I should say, I have gotten a fair number of subscribers to my list through this. Um, I also am using what's it called, uh, AppSumo. I think it's called AppSumo or Sumo Me, Sumo Me on my blog, which is run in WordPress. Um, I've had mediocre success with that so far. I probably get one or two subscribers a day, which is like not terrible, but it's not exactly the overwhelming numbers that I would have hoped for. So people are dribbling in. Where do I get people from though for my list? And then I'll pivot to other topics having to do with my product launch in a moment. So I've tried a few different things. First of all, I decided I want to get people on my main list. So I actually had a nice conversation with Kurt Elster and um, Kai Davis, I guess it's like two years ago or so, where they suggested that I have email courses. And at the end of the email course,